It's Thursday, December 28, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is God's only way to salvation. I want to talk today about the law on abortion. Proverbs 28, verse 9. Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. If you turn your eyes, your head, your ears away from what the law is, your very prayer will be an abomination unto the Lord. This means that the Lord loves the law and your prayer should track with what his word says. If you're praying for what he doesn't want you to pray for, then it don't matter how well or eloquent your prayers are. It don't matter how many times you call out to Jesus. If you don't have God's word at the center of your heart and your prayers aren't generally for that, it's an abomination. Your prayer shall be an abomination. Today, I want to go right after abortion. I haven't done this directly, but I saw something on the internet yesterday that uh, showed something called a judicial bypass. Some, something where judges, someone who calls themselves a judge, can give a permission slip, a hall pass, to a young woman, a minor, who is pregnant, so that the minor can go have the baby butchered without the consent or the notice given to the parents of the woman. This needs to, in my opinion, needs to go the way of uh, the buffalo, <laughs> the way of the, the dodo. It needs to be butchered up. This idea, this law needs to be butchered up. And by God's grace, that's what I'm going to do today. I would ask that if what I do inspires, encourages, entertains, educates, equips in any regard, that you take the money that you're already spending and you switch it over to American manufacturing. Not only does this benefit you and benefit the nation because you get quality products delivered right to your door, but it also blesses me in the ministry that I do herein. The best way for you to help me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take the money they're already spending and switch it over. That is if what I do is blessing you, equipping you, because today we're going to be talking about the fundamental law in abortion. The law on butchering babies. It is murder. But before that, let's begin with what God says. God says in Exodus chapter 20, this is when he's giving his Ten Commandments, and I didn't mark it. So when we do Exodus chapter 20, let me mark this. <laughs> when we do Exodus chapter 20, God starts out, before he ever gives his Ten Commandments, he's told the people what he's already done. So he said, and God spake, this is verse 20, this chapter 20, verse 1, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So God has already done stuff. He's already worked miracles. He's already delivered you from slavery. And then he goes on and talks about his Ten Commandments. One of his Ten Commandments is um, verse 13, thou shalt not kill. Now this Thou shalt not kill. The meaning is don't murder. Don't have a premeditated uh, or anger in your heart as you kill. If I am defending my family, I may certainly kill someone who's trying to violate my family. I may certainly defend my home, my property, my family, my life with force. We know this because the Ten Commandments then goes on to say don't covet your neighbor's property. Don't covet your neighbor's wife. 
which means that there's a certain thing as private property and there's a certain thing as someone else's family and that people would probably want them. And so if the command is to not want what other people have, what if someone wanting something they didn't have a right to used force to go against what God said? It follows that you would use what God has given you to stop lawlessness and evil. So when people are saying, well, this means you can't kill anybody. That's just not what it says. That's just not what the Bible says. It's just not what the Bible says. It's not God's meaning. God's meaning is that you're not out to murder people. You're not out to kill people. If there are bad people or evil things happening to kill innocents, then yes, you you can stop them. And if in the course of stopping evil to do righteousness, the loss of life happens, I argue that's justified. I want to say also, Jeremiah chapter 1, God knits people together in the womb. This is Jeremiah chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God knows who you are before you are born. God has a plan for you before you are born. If we go to the book of John, we see early how Mary, when she was pregnant with Jesus, came close to Martha. And uh, Martha, I believe it's Martha as the mother of John the Baptist. The woman, or the, excuse me, the, uh, the not Martha. Um, um, uh, where we go, where we go. John chapter 1. No, not John 1. Where are we at? Let's go Matthew. We go Matthew. Um, John the Baptist, his mother, came near Mary when Mary was pregnant with John the Baptist. What I'm trying to do is I'm I'm, I'm establishing the fact that God says don't murder. And God... God clearly tells us that life is in the womb, that you are in the womb. So before you are born, uh, you know he knows who you are. So this is Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him, this is Joseph, in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Right? So Jesus is born of a virgin. Now when they... Um, I'm trying to find... I'm trying to find where this is. I'm trying to find where this is. The baby's kicking in the belly. Is it Luke? See, I should have, I should have marked this. Um... The uh, the baby is in the belly, and um, yeah, I should have marked this. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph. The babe was in the manger. This is Luke chapter one, Luke chapter two. I'm sorry, man. There is a period of time when the baby is kicking, when John the Baptist is near Jesus. Jesus is in the womb of Mary. John the Baptist is in the womb of his mother. And John the Baptist, uh, the spirit is in him and he kicks. So the babies are in the belly. I'm going to move on and say it, it's in the Bible. I don't know where. And that's fine. 
as long as you read your Bible and you know. The point is that God knows you in the womb. He knows you before you're born. Life exists before you're born. You are, uh, you know, an individual. You are known by God before uh, you were born. Now, I establish that because that is what's most important, what the Bible says. So now I want to go on to what our um, nation is covering right now, and we'll go to this. We'll go to this right here. Let me do this. Our nation is looking at this. The Supreme Court, this is last year. This is June 24, 2022. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, ending right to abortion upheld for decades. Now, there is no such thing as a right to abortion. There is no such thing as a right to abortion. And we'll show that because the Supreme Court will absolutely say that. But this is from NPR, National Public Radio, which receives your tax dollars to spew propaganda. But this is the backdrop of this Virginia story. So let's first get to the Virginia story. Watch this. Hi, I just found out um, that I'm pregnant and I just need to schedule an abortion. Okay, um, what is your first and last name and date of birth for me? So, um, real quick, yeah, so I'm 16, um, so is there a way that we could, um, or that I could get an abortion without uh, my parents knowing? in the state of Virginia, you do have to have parental consent. Let me check on that really quick, okay? Okay, thank you. So sorry, that took me a minute. Okay, so in the state of Virginia, there is a way to um, get an abortion done without um, your parents being involved at all, but it does require you to get something called getting the judicial bypass it, my, my parents don't have to find out like no my parents will not be able to find out about this no no it's something that will be completely done and handled by you know an attorney that's appointed for you they won't have any indication of it this is the reason judicial bypass Okay, would there be a way to help um, pay for the abortion itself? Just because, like, obviously I'm 16, so I can't afford yeah. to pay that. So, we do have uh, a limited amount of financial assistance that we can offer through Planned Parenthood itself after your appointment is fully booked. Like, we can get you screened for that financial assistance. Now, since I said it's limited, it's only going to cover up to a certain amount. Um, but we also work with some 
Okay, and then um, for the judicial bypass, uh, it, how likely is it that, that they would um, like approve it? And if they didn't approve it, would the one in Roanoke be able to help me like travel to another state where it is legal, like Illinois or something? So I am going to be completely honest with you. I Shameless. It's Luke one forty one, by the way. And Eliz and uh, it's Elizabeth, not Martha. <laughs> so the Bible says uh, Luke one forty one, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So it's, it's Luke one forty one. Now I want to start with Roe v. Wade. This is Roe v. Wade. This is Jane Roe versus uh, Henry Wade. Now, the reason why this is important is that people need to understand where this came out in the law. I'm not talking about emotions anymore. We're now just going to be talking about the law. So let's jihad this. This is the Roe v. Wade um, decision out of the Supreme Court. The syllabus is usually always the, uh, the recap. It's always like, what's going on? A pregnant single woman, Roe, brought a class action challenging the constitutionality of the Texas criminal abortion laws. Now, this means that in the state of Texas, they had made it a crime to go against abortion, right? Which prescribe procuring or attempting an abortion except on medical advice for the purpose of saving the mother's life. So even in there, the Texas criminal abortion laws made provision for purpose of saving the mother's life. A licensed physi physician, so this is someone who is licensed by the state. You see this? You're licensed by the state who had two state abortion prosecutions pending against him, was permitted to intervene. A childless married couple, the Doe's, the wife not being pregnant, separately attacked the laws, basing alleged injury on the future possibilities, future possibilities of contraceptive failure, pregnancy, and unpreparedness for parenthood, and impairment of the wife's health. So there's two people here. There's the those who are married and not pregnant attacking the law saying that there's future possibilities of contraceptive failure right and then there's the single woman who's pregnant saying that hey she wants to go to this dude that's licensed physician wanting to kill babies a three-judge district court which consolidated the actions now hold on think about this these are consolidated actions. How does the law, which individually in courts of record, examine the issue for uh, this single woman and then individually examine the issue for this married couple, how do they consolidate the actions, right? A three-judge district court consolidated the actions. This means that it's not a court of record, folks. Already, this is not a court of record. We are already talking about something that is not 
the common law. We are already talking about something that is not right. We're talking about commerce, right? We're talking about uh, a licensed physician. We're talking about the fact that um, these people probably want to get pregnant at some point and the future possibilities of a commodity affecting their pregnancy, their fertility, is the issue at hand. And then a three-judge district court consolidates the actions held that Roe and Halford and members of their classes, so these are treating individuals as though they are subject matter, had standing to sue and presented justiciable controversies. Ruling the declaratory, though not injunctive relief, was warranted, the court declared the abortion statutes void as vague and overly broad, infringing on those plaintiffs' Ninth and Fourteenth Amendment rights. The court ruled that Doe's complaint not justiciable. Appellates directly appealed this court on the injunctive rulings, and the appellees cross-appealed from the district court's grant of declaratory relief to Roe and Halford held. And then it goes on to talk about different stuff. Now, the reason why this is important is because you have your, and we'll get to the explain sketch here soon. Roe v. Wade made way for industrialized abortion. And Roe v. Wade was not predicated on violated rights. It was a class action suit brought in commerce against statutes that were overly vague. And the overly vague statutes were limiting commerce only if it was in the life-saving precautions of the mother. Well, the life-saving precautions of the mother is what's overly broad, overly vague. Because statutes are supposed to be specific, the overly broad res reservation of, hey, you can't do this unless it's for the mother's health, is taking out of the common law, out of a court of record, something that is now regulated in commerce. And so these baby butchers, motivated by Satan, hating Jesus, wanting to get out of God's order, consolidated their commercial actions and brought a class action suit against overly broad regulatory commercial statutes. That's what Roe versus, that's what Roe versus Wade is. Roe versus Wade is a clash acts, class action suit in commerce. So then we get to last year when the Supreme, when the NPR says the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, ending right to abortion upheld for decades. Folks, none of these people are actually speaking about murder. None of them. Rights are not what is actually the issue that is being brought before courts. That is not what's happening. In fact, whenever you look at this, this article here says Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, ending right to abortion upheld for decades. Rights come from Jesus. Jesus, we just read in the Bible, never gives people the right to murder anybody, let alone murder babies in the womb because babies in the womb are known by God. So it says here, in a historic far-reaching decision, the U.S. Supreme Court officially reserved, reversed Roe v. Wade on Friday, declaring the constitutional right, look at this, gaslighting, the constitutional right to abortion, we just learned that Roe v. Wade was not actually about constitutional rights. We read that they are consolidated actions. Why? Because it's about a vague, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? It's about um, declared the abortion statutes void as vague and overly broad, infringing on the plaintiff's ninth and tenth, or excuse me, ninth and fourteenth amendment rights. 
Well, what's your Ninth Amendment? Well, let's let's go to the Ninth Amendment, shall we? Here's your Constitution. Let's go down to the amendments. Bill of Rights. Amendment number nine. What's Amendment number nine? Get out of the way. What's Amendment number nine? The enumeration in this Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Now, this is where the shrewd stuff is happening because this is in, this is reserving powers by the people that are just almost unlimited. But you notice how this does not necessarily point to the Fifth Amendment, which means that you can't have any deprivation of life, liberty, property without the due process of law. These people, the, the justices in Roe v. Wade, did not treat the baby as though the baby had individual rights. What they did was they said that the statutes, the, the criminal abortion statutes are void and vague, or they're void because they're vague and overly broad. And because they were vague and overly broad, they said, oh, you guys have the right to kill your babies. Treating it like commerce. Killing babies has been a commercial endeavor for decades. And then all of a sudden, what was it, last year, they said, oh, they overturned the constitutional right to abortion. No, you didn't, you stupid moron. What did the Supreme Court do? Well, let's go to Dobbs versus Jackson. This is the Supreme Court uh, decision, and let's just read what they wrote. This is Dobbs, state health officer of the Mississippi Department of Health versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, they're the people that love Satan. Mississippi's Gestational Age Act, so this is, again, legislation, so we are already not talking about the common law, provides that, quote, except in a medical emergency or in case of a severe fetal abnormality, a, pe a person shall not intentionally or knowingly perform or induce an abortion of an unborn human being if the probable gestational age of the unborn human being has been determined to be greater than 15 weeks. So Mississippi has a gestational age act that says that after the baby is 15 weeks old, you can no longer terminate the pregnancy. You can't kill the baby. If the baby's 15 weeks old, you can't kill the baby. Can't do it. Right? So Mississippi code annotated, another statute, another legislative product, respondents. Now in the common law, respondents are those who are responding to the claims. So there are claims being made and there are responses being, uh, you know, there, there are respondents making respondents or responses. Jackson Women's Health Organization, an abortion clinic. What do you think that this is? This is in commerce. An abortion clinic does not provide health care. An abortion clinic is in commerce. So the commercial uh, methods, the, the commercial enterprise of an abortion clinic, and one of its doctors, and one of its doctors challenged the act in federal district court, alleging it violated the court's precedents. Now, see what's going on. You have a commercial actor challenging a state statute. So a state statute is being challenged in federal court alleging that it violated the court's precedents establishing a constitutional right to abortion. Question, does the U.S. Constitution confer rights? Do your rights come from the Constitution? No. 
They do not, and you're going to see the Supreme Court say as much. In particular, Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania, the district court granted summary judgment in favor of respondents, so the pro-aborts, and permanently enjoined enforcement of the act. Basically said, for here ever after, we're not going to mess with the, the, the Roe v. Wade. We're not going to go against Roe v. Wade. Right? Reasoning that Mississippi's 15-week restriction on abortion violates this court's cases forbidding states to ban abortive, uh, abortion pre-viability. Uh, pre now remember, the pre-viability is coming from Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is saying that these laws were overly vague. They were vague and overly broad and infringing on people's rights. Now because Roe v. Wade was based on uh, statutes that were overly broad, the Supreme Court's coming back in Dobbs-Jackson saying that states had long been running and told, you guys can't mess with people's ability to seek murder of their children, not because it's murder of their children, but because you can't write statutes that are overly broad and vague. Because the statutes written by the state legislatures defending the health of the mother is overly broad and vague. And the Satanists in commerce are saying, you guys can't prevent us from selling uh, drugs that kill babies and, and having abortion clinics that kill babies because these are commercial endeavors providing health functions and, and you know commercial opportunities you guys can't stop commerce with overly broad and vague statutes. And so pro-life legislation has always been overly broad, which is in violation of constitutional rights where people have the right to pursue commercial uh, activities to buy products and to buy commodities. And the commodities here, the services here, are to, hey, come butcher the baby in my belly. And so because the state legislatures can't write a statute that is specific, that prohibits people seeking, you know, people murdering babies in the womb because they're overly broad, people aren't understanding the law that's going on, so they make stupid claims that don't make sense. But look at this. The fifth circuit affirmed. Before this court, the Supreme Court, petitioners defend the acts on the grounds that Roe and Casey were wrongly decided and that the act is constitutional because it satisfies rational basis review. Now I'll say this, this right here, that's that's a doctrine. That's, that's a lawyer doctrine. This is what law school teaches and this is not fundamental law. Rational basis review is not law. It's not a thing. It's a doctrine. It's like um, it's like dispensationalism. It's like um, it, it's like uh, critical race theory. It is teaching a paradigm that you can use to overlay on top of the law. It's giving the judges a set of glasses that they can then look through. And so the argument that's being made in Dobbs-Jackson that overturned Roe vs. Wade is really saying, hey, you guys need to use a different set of lenses. You need to use a different set of glasses when you're looking at this. And so they're making the argument not against the commercial actors, right? They're no longer arguing commerce, vague and overly broad. What they're now doing is they're saying, hey, you guys need to look at this rational basis review. This is a doctrine. So this is bad too. 
This is also not law. This is also not common law. This is not what is in the trust indenture of our constitutional republic. So, held, this is the decision. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. You see how right now they're, they're honing in on the argument by saying you can't murder a baby in the womb. You can't murder a baby, period, but you can't murder a baby in the womb. Can't do it. And the, 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 the court is literally saying this. The court is literally saying the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. So this is why, going back to Roe versus Wade, they're saying, hey, uh, you guys can't go against my 9th and 14th Amendment rights. Well, even though you have the, the 9th and 14th Amendment to have rights, those rights do not include the right to kill the baby in the womb. Does that make sense? And so Roe and Casey are overruled, right? Overruled. And this is what's so stupid because overruled, the root word there is rule. The court is establishing rules. Does, I mean, does that not make sense? They're not declaring the law. They're saying Roe and Casey, the one that established the rule that you can't have vague and overly broad statutes infringing upon the commercial opportunity to butcher your baby in the womb. That was the rule. The rule was, hey, you guys can uh, can pursue commercial endeavors to uh, you know, buy services or buy commodities to destroy the life in your womb. They never looked at the life in the womb. They never looked at the baby that was in the womb. What they looked at was the class action, class action lawsuit brought on by people wanting to take stuff like the pill or the whatever or to go to medical services or health services to get licensed physicians to butcher the babies in their womb. The vague and overly broad statutes that were prohibiting that pro-life legislation was vague and overly broad that it restricted the rights of the people to you know buy services and, and have goods. Does that make sense? This was commerce. It was never about life in the womb. And so Dobbs Jackson comes back and says, we are overruling this. It's a rule, not the law. Laws are what the Constitution says. The common law is what America has. The common law is that it's dealing with the people who have their rights and their property. You have to have notice and you have to be heard before judgment is determined in the common law. That is constitutional due process of law. So you do not have constitutional due process of law if you are taking it out of a court of record and putting it into this fake stupid courts that go by rules. Rules are not law. Law is not rules. They are different. So when the Supreme Court says the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion, they're literally telling you the Constitution does not give you the right to murder a baby in the womb. That's the law. Period. That's the law. Then, because that's the law, they go against Roe and Casey, which were commercial rulings, and saying, you guys can't regulate commerce by those rules anymore. So what happened? The authority to regulate abortion 
Abortion is not seen as murder. Abortion is seen as a commercial enterprise. It's seen as I'm seeking healthcare services. I'm seeking medical help. I'm, I'm buying the pill to destroy the baby in my womb. It's seen as commerce. It's seen as commerce. So the authority to regulate abortion is returned to the people and their elected representatives. They punted it to the states. They say here, the critical question is whether the Constitution properly understood, which is them saying that Roe and Casey did not say what the Constitution says. Roe and Casey argued commerce. They did not argue life. They did not argue rights that come from Jesus. They argued class action lawsuits in pursuance of commercial enterprise, commercial gain, uh, uh, pro, uh, pro, um, consuming, uh, if you can't tell, I'm pissed. Millions of babies have been butchered through freaking just finagling words. And it's because people don't read and slow down. They don't slow down to read the words. Roe vs. Wade was about commerce. Dobbs Jackson literally says the Constitution does not confer the right to abortion. So when people write, hey, they overturned the ending the right to abortion, the freaking Constitution doesn't give you the right to abortion. Because the, the governing rules, the precedents, are about freaking commerce. They were never about the ability to butcher a baby in the womb. The authority to regulate, where does regulate come from? What is abortion treated as by the Supreme Court in Dobbs versus Jackson? It's treated as a freaking commercial activity. It's not murder. They're not treating it as murder. They're treating it as a commercial enterprise. People are making money. That's why they regulate it. It's regulated as a freaking commercial activity. It's returned to the people and their elected representatives. Notice he didn't say states. He said people and their elected representatives. This is really shrewd wording, saying we're going to destroy the rules of Casey and, and Roe as regulating baby butchering as a commercial enterprise. We're going to say you guys can't kill the baby. Why? Because the specific language of this gestational, gestational Age Act was specifically about the baby being in the womb. That's the very first time that the court has taken the issue of the baby in the womb. Roe vs. Wade is not about the baby in the womb. Dobbs Jackson is saying, if there is someone who's here, Mississippi's Gestational Age Act is about the baby in the womb. And so when these commercial actors, the freaking baby butchers, come against this statute, they're saying, hey, we want to pursue commerce and butcher babies. But the issue in the law is about the unborn human being. It's not about the mother. It's not about, as Roe vs. Wade was about, it's not about the pregnant single woman who's seeking medical advice. It's not about the married couple who's not pregnant seeking future possibilities of contraceptive failure, pregnancy, unpreparedness, or prepare, uh, for parenthood and impairment of the wife's health. Right? Like, the issue is substantively different. So this uh, Supreme Court comes down and says, 
The critical question is whether the Constitution properly understood confers a right to obtain an abortion. Do you have a right to obtain an abortion? Casey's controlling opinion skipped over that question. They literally didn't answer it and reaffirmed role solely on the basis of stare decisis, which is another stupid hoax lawyer tactic. Stare decisis is same decision, consistent decision. We can't go against this because of precedent. Case law. Case law and precedent aren't actually a thing. It's not a thing. It's not the common law. It's law of the case. It's not law of the land. It's freaking hoax. This is what law schools teach. This is what courts do. These are what lawyers make money because of. This is what politicians are advised by. But look at this. They're literally telling you. Casey's controlling opinion skipped over that question. What question? Is there a right to obtain an abortion? Is there a right to murder the baby in the womb? Casey doesn't even look at it. And Roe doesn't, doesn't even, uh, also doesn't look on it. But Casey overlooked that based solely on the fact that, well, we got to do what the precedent says, which is Roe, which is butchering the babies. A proper application of stare decisis, however, requires an assessment on the strength of the grounds on which Roe was based. Now, even this, even this is dumb. Even this is dumb because it's not about stare decisis. It's not about what has been previously determined. It's about the freaking law. Do you have the right to butcher a baby in the womb? Do you have the right to murder? And no, you do not. The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. That is the law. Boom. The Constitution is an express trust. The Constitution secures the right to life. Abortion is murder, goes against the right to life. You cannot violate the right to life, liberty, or property without what? Without the freaking due process of law. And the Supreme Court knows that, and that's why they say this. But then because they know that this is a freaking political hot potato, because Americans have kicked Jesus out of the church, we don't read the Bible, we don't preach a hot gospel, and we have liberated, sexually liberated women and feminism all over the place that are really freaking demons, uh, you know, demonology manifesting, you've got people that are so tied, they are so covetous and worshipful of the ability to butcher babies in their womb, the Supreme Court knows they can't come out and say, you can't butcher the baby in the womb. Which is why they say, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. That is them saying it without saying it. And what do they do? They punt. They return it to the people and their elected representatives. Which then does what? It puts the pressure on the people and the legislatures. This is the Supreme Court washing its hands going, we're done with this. We're done with it. And then they go down and they tell you, it's about the story decisis. And then they go on and they, they write 213 pages of, of, of case law. When all the simple stuff is, the Constitution doesn't confer a right to abortion. And this is where we get our um, video that we played. And it brings us to the, the state of Virginia. In the Libs of TikTok video, it brings us to the state of Virginia, the Code of Virginia, section 16.1-241, jurisdiction, consent to abortion. 
Now, what we're going to do is we're because I read this stuff, which is why it's uh, I'm appreciative of people who want to support my efforts. They can go to humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. Now, you get delicious air roasted uh, coffee as a benefit of membership delivered right to your door. Please do that. It's a great way to support uh, sending Bibles all over the place. And uh, on in addition to the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren option, Jaren has to read this crap. So this is where we're bringing it out of this, right? Now look at this. Table of contents. This is U.S. Virginia law or Code of Virginia. Table of contents, Title 16.1, Courts Not of Record. What's that tell you? The jurisdiction consent for abortion is already in a court not of record. Chapter 11, Juvenile and Domestic Relations District Courts. You recognize that Chapter 11 of Title 16, which is courts not a freaking record, they're already telling you they're not in a court of record, which tells you what? We're not sec dealing with secured rights. We're dealing with something else. So you roll down all the way down to W, because that's where we're at. This is in W. Petitions filed by juveniles seeking judicial authorization. Now, see, this is a hoax because judicial, you can't do anything judicial unless it's according to the law. If you're dealing with killing a baby in the womb, you're not giving constitutional due process to the life in the womb, right? So seeking judicial authorization for a physician to perform an abor abortion, mur murder, if a minor elects not to seek consent of an authorized person. That sentence right there is unlawful and treasonous. And any legislator that put their name on that, I believe, is um, is has committed treason against the United States. Now, what I want to do is I want to show you. I want to show you some words. We'll show you some words, and then we'll show you some maxims, and then we'll get to our explain sketch. So I got my Black's Law Dictionary, and I first want to look up the word minor. And again, if this is helpful, please share the content uh, and, you know, support me by doing the, um, what's it called? Uh, PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren option. Let's go to um, handy dandy camera. Boom. Abortion, where are you at? Abortion, 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 abortion. The expulsion of the fetus, which fetus is Latin for small child, um, at a period of utero gestation so early that it has not acquired the power of sustaining an independent uh, life. The unlawful... Come on now. Oh, stupid camera. The un... Oh, come on. Here, maybe, do this. maybe this will happen. No, it says the unlawful destruction. Oh, come on. The unlawful destruction or the bringing forth prematurely of the human fetus before the natural time of birth. The act of bringing forth what is yet imperfect. Also, the thing prematurely brought forth or product of an untimely process sometimes loosely used for the offense of procuring a premature delivery, but strictly the early delivering is the abortion. Causing or procuring an abortion is the full name of the offense, but it calls it unlawful destruction. It's unlawful destruction. Now that's important because abortion, according to Black's Law Dictionary, is unlawful, right? So you got that going on. Now let's go to a minor. 
because that's what we need to understand uh, these words mean. So if we go to back to our camera and we say minor, where are you at, minor? There it is, minor. An infant or person who is under the age of legal competence. One under 21, a term derived from the civil law which described a person under a certain age as less than many years. Less than 25 years of age is what this uh, says right here. Also, less, of less consideration, lower, a person of inferior condition. Now, why is this important? So we'll go to our trusty maxims. And the maxims of the law are the chief argument in law. They are uh, without proof. You don't need to argue them. People would accept them. Now, I want to go to minors, but the first one I want to do is 58C. And these are Charles Weissman's maxims of the law. And what I want to do here is I want to show this. 58C. He who is in the womb is considered as born whenever his benefit is concerned. Now, your rights are your benefit. So if someone's talking about killing you or taking away your life, you are considered born. This tracks with uh, the Bible because you're alive. Now, let's go to 59G. 59G. And let's go to the government cannot confer a favor which occasions injury and loss to others. So if the government is going to say, yeah, you can go ahead and get an abortion, what does that do? That's a favor which occasions injury, which, so if your favor causes injury and loss to others, only when you use the favor, you can't do that. The government can't give a favor, which when it happens, injures and uh, inj causes injury and loss to others. If the favor that government grants you leads to your death, leads to another's death, then the favor that government granted you is unlawful and you can't do it. Now, the next ones that I want to go to, these are maxims, so no court can argue against this. This is true. So let's do here. The right of blood and kindred cannot be destroyed by any civil law. The right of blood and kindred. If you are my kids, no, nothing in the civil law can go against that. You, they can't take that away. Now let's go down here to this one. No one can transfer to another a greater right than he himself has. So the government can't give somebody a right, first of all, because the government doesn't give rights. But the government can't give rights um, greater than what the government can bestow. So if the government's creating like civil rights and stuff like this, a civil right can't be greater than a constitutional one or a natural one or an inherent one. Right? So now we know what minor is. Now we know what abortion is. Now we know that minors um, are people that are not of legal competence. We get to our explain sketch. And there goes all the papers. We get to our explain sketch. Now the first thing that I want to do here, where is this? First thing I want to do here, here's your blank sheet of paper. Now what I want to do is I want to call it, what was it? Judicial bypass. That's the issue, remember? Judicial bypass, uh, and we'll say re-abortion. So judicial bypass regarding abortion. That's what we're going to be talking about today, okay? So the very first thing we do is we start with God. God creates all things, 
And then God changed everything whenever he said the death, the burial, the resurrection. He fulfilled his law. He began a new covenant. Jesus rose from the grave in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, as the Great Commission to the church says, go and teach the nations. When Christ said go, Christ, who claimed to have all power in heaven and earth, gave power to people. Now, your rights come from God, which means people before Jesus rose from the grave had rights. The difference is when Jesus rose from the grave, God's people are now proselytizing and, and growing Christ's kingdom. So before the resurrection, God's people were limited to just doing what the Old Testament was. Now that you've got the new covenant, we the people are doing stuff. Now these people, when Jesus said go, when he said go, he has all power, right? This is, oh, excuse me, rights, the definition, one definition of rights is power of free action, right? So the definition of rights is power of free action. When Jesus said go to we the people, the founders in America, founders equaled Christians. Because they were Christians and they believed the Bible, they reserved to themselves, reserve, rights. These rights include life, liberty, property, and, you know, we'll say due process and all the other things, right? Due process, blah, 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 blah. So because the founders were Christian, they reserved to themselves rights. Then, because they were Christians, they knew that uh, they created a public trust. This public trust is first and foremost reserving powers to themselves, reserving powers to themselves, because you're supposed to use your rights to preach the gospel. You're supposed to use your rights to glorify King Jesus, which is 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether in word or deed, do all things to Christ the Lord. That's also, um, it's not Colossians 3.17, it's Galatians 3.17, I think. But Colossians or Galatians, you're supposed to do all things uh, to the glory of God. Now, the founders then created a constitution. This constitution is an express trust, which means exactly what is written is the law. And so if something that is not expressly written, which means written, if it's not expressly written, it is forbidden. You cannot smuggle into the constitution what is not written. So whenever the Supreme Court said the Constitution does not confer the right to abortion, they are declaring the law. They're literally telling you the Constitution is the law, and the law does not grant, does not confer, does not give a right to abortion. Because abortion is what? The unlawful destruction of life. It's the untimely uh, destruction of life. Now, if that's the case, Jesus doesn't give you the right to abortion because Jesus says, no murder. God says no murder. Where? Exodus 20, verse 13. We read that earlier, right? We read Luke, <laughs> eventually, Luke 141 and 142, where the babies were kicking in the womb, right? So we know that, uh, and then Jeremiah uh, 1, verse, what was it, 5, I think, where God is knitting people together in the womb. So he knows you in the womb, he knows you in the womb, he knows you in the womb. So the Constitution is the law. The frame of government is such that there is a legislature, there is an executive, there is a judicial. This is your frame of government. This is a constitutional republic. 
Now, people have all political power. Now, that makes sense because political is about the people. So it makes sense that the people have all political power because the people are the people. So because the people have all political power and they created the Constitution, they limited the Constitution by exactly what's only in the Constitution, which then gives us the frame of government, the legislature, the executive, the judicial. When people who have all power, who create a government, want to change government, they can send notice and affidavit in. This is them using their rights. Right? You use your rights and you, you take these and you say, boom, by notice, by affidavit, whatever. But you use your rights that this thing uh, secures and you change all of this. So now we get to judicial bypass. So now we're going to focus on um, the state in uh, Virginia. So the Virginia legislature wrote a statute. What statute did they write? Well, if we go to, we take this off real fast. They wrote what? They wrote section 16-141 jurisdiction consent for abortion. That's what they wrote. And you go down here to paragraph W. It says petitions. Okay, so what is a petition? That is mirroring this. Right? These are petitions. These are notices. These are affidavits. And those are done by people. But notice what they say. This is the legislature writing a statute. And this statute is what? Let's just call it W. W will now be forever known as, um, where are we at? W for purposes of this is called consent for abortion, right? So the legislature in Virginia is writing a statute for jurisdiction consent for abortion, understand? And then paragraph W is where they say petitions filed by a juvenile, okay? But we know from the maxims that a juvenile is not legally competent. We also know, uh, well, so your children, so when, when, so this is God's uh, structure, your children are your liberty interest. And because you have a liberty interest here, this includes your children. Right? And that's because you have the right to choose how you raise them. Now, you're, you're responsible for this. This is why it's the power of free action. Jesus says go. God gave you your rights. Jesus says use what I give you to benefit me, to grow the kingdom, to save the lost souls. This is why the founders reserved their rights to themselves and created a wall that government can't touch. Because your rights are powers that you're supposed to use to worship Jesus. And so if children are yours, which they are, they are your liberty interest. You get to choose how you raise your children. Now, God tells you how you're supposed to raise your children. But if you are a bad parent and you don't do that, you are abusing your, your right to liberty. And you're going to pay for that. You will be held responsible for how you raise your children. But your children are yours. Now, in the Constitution, you are given the right to due process. This due process, we have heard, due process requires notice. You have to be told what's up and the right to be heard, which means you get to speak all that before um, before judgment. Before, can't write, judgment. So before there's a judgment, you have the right to be uh, told what's up and to be heard. So you get to speak. Uh, and all, So this is constitutional due process of law. Constitutional due process of law. You have to be given notice. You have to be heard. And all of that is before a judgment.
period. That's what your constitutional due process is. But this legislature wrote a statute called W, which is Jurisdiction and Consent for Abortion, that is listing petitions. So now these petitions, which you have the right here to petition. You have the right to petition by right from Jesus. You can write what the law is because Jesus says you can. But this legislature is creating a statute that's now saying petitions filed by who? Minors. Petitions filed by a juvenile seeking judicial authorization for a, for a physician to perform an abortion if a minor elects not to seek consent of an authorized person. Do you see what's going on? First of all, they're saying petitions. The petitions are now what? They're now being umbrellaed underneath this statute. Because if you, if you send a petition by right, the legislature can't tell you how to do your petition. This is you using your rights. So this statute calling a petition is already, uh, um, it's already presuming that the statutes are regulated, or excuse me, the petitions are regulated by the statute. But the petitions are your right. So if you use your right, the legislature can't come back up here and tell you guys how to do stuff. So this is why it's important that parents whose liberty interests are their children, if a child tries to write a petition, a child is not legally competent. How can a child exercise rights to then tell government what to do? It can't happen because the child is a liberty interest of the parent. This is the common law. This is the constitution. This is the law. So this statute here, W, is treating this child here as though this child has the opportunity to do a petition but now this is creating a certain type of petition, right? It's creating a certain type of petition under W, which is a result of the statute, which comes from the legislature, which comes from the constitution, which comes from the people. And this special type of petition is expressly what? Consent for abortion. So now the legislature is creating this petition filed by a juvenile seeking judicial authorization. Do you see how, producer of one, if you want to support patriotswitch.com slash cheer, amen, let's just go ahead and do the thing. You can support at patriotswitch.com slash cheer if this is helping you. So the statute created W, consent for abortion, that's now specifying petitions by minors. Minors can't do petitions because they're legally incompetent. They are the liberty interest of their parent which means the parent should be writing the petition, not the child. But now the juvenile is able to write a petition. So the legislature, by this statute, created the type of petition that is now regulated by the statute. And what does it do? It says, let me jihad this real fast. Oh, shoot. Let me do this. Let me jihad this. There we go. And now, where you at? Um, okay. After, okay. Uh, judicial authorization for a physician. Physicians are uh, licensed by the state. So let's go back to this. Physicians are uh, licensed by the state. So here's a statute that goes to W, which we're going to call consent to abortion. That's what W is, remember. But now there's also statutes that also create uh, licenses. And these licenses create or a license uh, abortion as commerce. So in the law, if it's licensed, 
it's not seen as something that's uh, going up against your rights. It's seen as commercial. So it's no longer actually healthcare. It's now just a commercial enterprise. So if you are a doctor, let's say a doctor, doctors are not actually in healthcare. Doctors are licensed by the state and these are in pursuance of commerce. So if you go to med school, med school to go be a baby killer, right? If med school teaches you how to snuff out life, you are then gonna come up here and get a license to go to an abortion clinic that is actually regulated in commerce, not for healthcare. Why is this the case? Because in the common law, if you do malpractice, the reason why medical people are licensed by the state is because their nature, their, their practice, actually goes to people's rights, right? So if you're going to uh, chop up a baby in the womb, you're actually going against a baby in the womb that has rights. And we've established this, yes? Right, the, the, what was the maxim? Maxim 58C was one, one who is in the womb is regarded as being born when his benefit is the issue. So if your life is the issue, the maxims say that you're regarded as having been born. So all this junk about calling a baby a fetus or it's not born or whatever else, the maxims argue against you, the Bible argue, argues against you, uh, the Constitution says that you don't have the right to abortion, so the law is absolutely on your side. It's just that people don't argue it. What do they argue? They, they presume children are able to petition though they're legally incompetent, that minors or juveniles are able to legally petition even though they're incompetent. And medical school will generate a doctor that then gets a license and then they go do a commercial activity and they call, you know, it's abortion, but they call it healthcare. So when they call it healthcare, what they're actually doing is commerce. But the reason why medical, uh, but the reason why doctors are licensed by the state is because the constitution is existing to defend the rights of people. And if you are a doctor, what you do by trade, right? The, the, the me medicine, it is 100% it is involving people. You do not practice medicine if you are not with people. So because you are with people, your profession will be regulated, absolutely. All these other people, all these other companies and corporations and all that kind of stuff, they deal with entities. But doctors deal with people. And because doctors deal with people and people have rights, the Constitution will regulate by statute the license of the doctor. Make sense? Okay. Now, there are a lot other there are a lot of other licenses that many of them are unlawful and unconstitutional but they license it so that they can control commerce because it's about money. Remember, Roe versus Wade was not about killing a baby in the womb. It was about a class action in commerce. It's about a commercial class action. So Roe versus Wade was never about killing babies in the womb. It was a class action commercial, commercial lawsuit. And they consolidated the cases. Remember, Roe versus Wade said what? Uh, what was it? What was it? What was it? It said um, here. You take this off. Consolidated the actions. How can you consolidate an individual's actions if there are rights involved? Your rights, one person's rights, one person's rights 
are more important than the entire Constitution. So how does the Constitution, or how does the court in Roe v. Wade consolidate, how does the courts in Roe v. Wade consolidate the actions of these people? Right? How do you consolidate rights violations? You don't. It's a freaking commercial action. And because it's commercial action, they're not actually arguing that their rights are being violated. They're saying, hey, we um, can't pursue commerce and commercial enterprise and activity like we want to. If we want to go to a licensed doctor to butcher the baby and call it healthcare or medical advice, if we want to call this medical advice, we have the right to do that. And for the longest time, Roe v. Wade said, yes, you have the right to do that. Why? Because the stipulation that they quoted did what? It used the Ninth Amendment, which is very empowering of people. People can basically do anything because they are not regulated by the Constitution. The Constitution does not regulate your rights. Your rights are reserved. Because the people who, the founders were Christians, because they read the Bible and they understood all this, because the founders reserved their rights, the Constitution does not regulate rights. So when people came to the, uh, the courts and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to go after these uh, criminal statutes that prevent baby butchering, what they argued was we can't conduct commerce for medical health care. And what's stopping us is this vague law saying life of the mother. Well, life of the mother is incredibly broad and vague. Now, the pro-life people will say, well, yeah, we want life of the mother. But what they don't realize is that if they're writing statutes that are in commerce, regulating entities in commerce, this is overly broad, which, which uh, vague laws can't happen. You can't have a vague law. So if you are in commerce, you cannot have a vague law saying you can't do something except for life of the mother because that's vague. And that's what the courts did in Roe v. Wade, was it struck down this vague commercial statute, which then permitted, ostensibly, people to go get abortions, calling it healthcare and medical uh, advice. Because the issue of rights of the child were never argued because stupid freaking attorneys in law school are doing what? They're being taught statutes. They're being taught case law and they're being taught rules because lawyers argue statutes, case law and rules when they actually go to uh, judges and they actually go to courts. What do they argue? What did what did the court say? What did the court say? Well, if we go to the what the court actually said. This says the Constitution, this is Dobbs Jackson, the one that overturned Roe, says does not confer a right to abortion. Roe and Casey are overruled. Why do they say overruled? Because law schools teach rules. They teach stupid stuff like stare decisis. This is a doctrine. This is a doctrine. This is not law. This is not law. This is doctrine. This is what law schools teach. This is why attorneys argue it. So what do they say? The, uh, the, the critical question is whether the Constitution, remember, the Constitution is this. This is the Constitution, the express trust. What's not expressly written is expressly prohibited. So what do they say? The Constitution 
properly understood. Now, why would they say properly understood? Because in, in Roe versus Wade, they're not actually arguing rights. They're arguing commerce. But then they come up and they say, well, uh, the remember, Dobbs Jackson was what? Dobbs Jackson was a abortion clinic. Where are you at? Where is it at? Um, uh, abortion clinic. So an abortion clinic, Jackson's Women Health Organization, an abortion clinic. What's an abortion clinic? An abortion clinic is a, a licensed commercial entity. So a licensed commercial entity is challenging what? A statute. But what's the statute uh, that they're challenging? The statute that they're challenging is what? The Mississippi Gestational Age Act, which is about what? The gestational age of the human being has been determined to be greater than 15 weeks, which is not overly broad. They're saying that if there is an unborn baby that's 15 weeks or uh, what's uh, greater, greater than 15 weeks, that's specific. And now the court is saying that because this is specific and it's about the unborn baby, this unborn baby has rights that the, the state of Mississippi is recognizing at 15 weeks, which is also a freaking hoax, by the way. But that's not what they're arguing. What they're arguing, this abortion clinic is arguing, hey, we want to do commerce and this statute is preventing us from doing commerce. But the statute isn't about the life of the mother. The statute is about the specific 15-week gestational period. And so the Supreme Court told the truth when they came and they said, what? The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. That's the law. Why did they say that? Because the law says you can't take life without due process. Due process is you have to be given notice, you have to be heard, and there has to be judgment before there can be uh, the law declared. How does a baby, let's draw the, the mom, right? Let's draw the mom, give her hair, and she's got a baby inside of her. So you've got mom right there, and then you've got baby right there. This baby, you know, if the benefit of the baby is in question, the baby is considered born. So this baby has rights and this mom has rights. So what the court just did by saying this, the Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. What they're actually saying is this baby can't have his life snuffed out unless he's given due process. You can't murder the baby because the baby has a constitutional right to due process. You can't murder them. It's freaking unlawful. You can't do it. But then what does the Supreme Court do? The Supreme Court comes back and says, the critical question is whether the Constitution properly understood, which is the Supreme Court saying in very lawyer judicial language that the previous cases haven't properly understood the Constitution. And what did they not properly understand in the Constitution? That rights are reserved and abortion is not a commercial enterprise. See, because before it was a commercial enterprise. It's healthcare. It's medical advice. Medical, medical advice. Right? These things are services. This is a service. It's not murder. It's a medical service. 
And this is the realm here. And so every single person who's a God-fearing Christian who wants to limit abortion, the pro-life community and all these other people, they're arguing this. This is what they're arguing. They're not arguing this ever. They're never arguing this. In fact, whenever you go to your legislature and you say, we want to have uh, a right to, or we want to have a right to uh, life. This is a freaking hoax. Don't have the legislature write the statute of right to life because now it treats that statute as a derivation and a grant from government. You don't have your right to life from government. You have a right to life from Jesus. Jesus gave you your rights. So when the Constitution was written, the Constitution does not grant the legislature, the executive, or the judicial the power to go against any of these rights without due process. So unless you're going to tell the baby, hey, um, you, you know, you're going to be, you're up on the chopping block. And unless he's got the right to be heard, which now the baby has to be said. The baby has to speak. But the baby can't speak because he's legally incompetent, because he's a juvenile, because he's a minor. Which goes back to the parents. Does the parent, in their liberty interest, have the ability to take away their baby? The Bible says no. The maxims say no. The court says no. The law says you can't murder your baby. It's freaking murder. It's murder. But what they do is they argue that it's a freaking commercial enterprise. So when we go back to what the, uh, not that, when we go back to this, what does it say? Properly understood confers a right to obtain an abortion. Does the Constitution confer a right to abortion if it's properly understood? The only proper understanding of abortion is that you cannot murder your freaking kid. You can't murder people. So no, it does not confer the right to abortion. Casey's controlling opinion skipped over that question. It reaffirmed roles solely on the basis of stare decisis, which is a freaking lawyer hoax. It's a doctrine taught by law schools. It's not the law. When the founders wrote the Constitution, they wrote the freaking law. This is the law. This is what it means. This is the law. What they did not do is write doctrines. They did not write case law. They did not write this stuff. They gave us the common law. The common law is one where your rights come from God because it's a Christian view of the scriptures brought to us by Christ's wisdom. And the common law says that you defend your rights and government's purpose is to defend those rights. That's the common law. What the common law is not is these stupid statutes with case law over time. That's garbage. That's a hoax. That's a freaking law school people's garbage law. That's not true. So now we go back to Virginia. Let's go back to Virginia. We go back to Virginia and now we're treating these petitions from a juvenile, which that is already saying that there's a freaking, there's a kid, a juvenile that is not legally competent engaging the government. How, what power does the child have to send petition into government? They don't. They've literally created this. Do you see how W, which writes the consent to abortion, is literally creating the opportunity for minors to be regarded in the law? How does that happen? When the maxims say that they don't, when the children are the liberty interests of their parents, how does the legislature write a statute to create jurisdiction so that minors can petition the government? How does that happen? 
And how does it happen? Seeking judicial authorization. Now, this is some freaking garbage. How does, now this, I won't go completely down this rabbit hole, but how does someone who's, a, who's wearing a black robe, how does this one says, how does this guy say, I give authority? Isn't that what the statute says? This judge, judge, we're just going to call him a judge for now, even though he's not. He's a freaking magistrate. He's a commissioner. But how does this judge say, I give authority, right? Isn't that what the statute is saying? The petition by the juvenile is seeking judicial authorization. So this is going to require some person, some judge, some trustee in government saying, I give authority. Now, hold on. Where does the authority come from, this guy? How does this guy get authority? Where is his authority? His authority is coming from the, from the fact that the Virginia law is not a court of record. It's not a court of record. So because it's not a court of record, it's a juvenile and domestic relations district court. Do you want to know what this is? Let me show you some, some, uh, some fire here. This right here is a freaking hoax. This is not actually a court of record. It is a juvenile court, which is freaking unlawful. And we're going to prove it. So in a juvenile court, the legislature, let's just say legislature. So here's the Constitution. Legislature. The legislature creates the statute. And under this statute, the statute creates the juvenile court. So this Constitution... Legislation creates a statute, creates a juvenile court. Now, how is a judge who's supposed to be in the judicial branch participating in a freaking statutory tribunal? Right? How does this statute create the juvenile court, juve court? How does the statute create the juve court? And this juvenile court is what? It's going to have rules. Where's rules come from? They're going to write these rules in this juvenile court, and then what? They're going to pay. They're going to pay a judge. Now, when this judge comes from the judicial branch to the legislative branch, that is called treason. You cannot, as a judge, go from the judicial branch to the legislative branch. This removes your impartiality. This means that you are no longer impartial. And it means you're no longer using constitutional due process, you are instead going by the rules of the statute. There's a maxim that says the law of the court is uh, the, the practice of the court is the law of the court. So if the court is moving by statute, you are automatically not in common law, which means you are not giving due constitution, constitutional due process, which means your rights are not being regarded. This is why if you ever go into a court that's statutory and they say, the constitution won't save you in here, boy. We don't hear the constitution in here. Shut up. You're stupid. We're not going to listen to that constitution. Your God ain't in this court. They're doing it by statute. Which means literally the, the entire thing is like a prefabricated, uh, like it's like a Lego builders set. Step one, get a kid. Step two, tell the uh, parent that they're a horrible parent. Step three, take the child from the parent and never give the child back. Step four, get money. Right? Now, how do I know this? Where is this coming from? Well, let's go back to the Social Security Act of 1935. Here's the Social Security Act of 1935, and it is what? To provide for the general welfare by establishing a system of federal old age benefits and by enabling the several states to make more adequate provision. Let me make this bigger. 
more adequate provision for aged persons, blind persons, dependent and crippled children, maternal and child welfare, public health, and the administration of unemployment compensation laws to establish a social security board to raise revenue, that's the issue, and for other purposes. The Social Security Trust Act of 1935, this is what it is. Now, if you go all the way down, all the way down, you go all the way down to what? Title 11, General Provisions, Section 1101, Paragraph C, Subsection D. Nothing in this act shall be construed as authorizing any federal office, official, agent, or representative in carrying out any of the provisions of this act to take charge of any child over the objection of either of the parents of such child or of the person standing in loco parentis to such child. You can't take kids. You can't use Social Security money to take children. So why is Title 42, which is non-positive law, Section 674, Payment to States, Paragraph, uh, what's it, uh, A, Subsection 3, then A, 75% of so much expenditures are for the training, including blah, 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 blah. Hold on, I want to go, oh, here we go, here we go. This is uh, this is 3B. This is U 42 U.S. Code, Section 674, Paragraph 3, Subsection B. 75% of so much expenditures, including travel and per diem expenses, are for short-term short training or of concurrent or prospective foster or adoptive parents or relative guardians, the members of the state licensed or state-approved child care institutions providing care. These are all people getting Social Security money, by the way. Everybody listed here is getting Social Security money. State-licensed, state-approved child welfare agencies which politicians own child welfare agencies or are affiliated with them, providing services to children receiving assistance under this part, and then what? Who else is getting Social Security money? Members of the staff of abuse and neglect courts. What did, what did Virginia call their court? Virginia called their court what? Juvenile and domestic relations district courts. Okay, So these uh, members of the staff and abuse and neglect courts agency attorneys attorneys representing children or parents if you've paid an attorney to go get your kids from these stupid juvenile courts from these child protective services they're getting federal money they're getting social security money guardians ad litem or other court appointed special advocates representing children in the proceedings of such courts in ways that increase the ability of such current or prospective parents, guardians, staff members, institutions, attorneys, and advocates to provide support and assistance to foster and adopted children and children living with relative guardians, whether incurred directly by the state or by contract. If you are involved, you get paid. If you are involved, you get paid. Now, why does this statute do this? This statute does this because they're getting paid. Why does a petition exist under a statute for a legally, legally incompetent juvenile seeking judicial authorization that is coming from the statute and not a court of record for a physician, which is a licensed commercial actor, to perform a service, which is murder in, in, uh, which is murder in God's law, the common law, and constitutional law, but it's being treated and regulated as a commercial service for a minor if a minor elects, which is talking about choice. How does one who is legally incompetent have the capacity to choose? To uh, not to seek consent of an authorized person. How does this happen? 
Well, look at this. It literally spells it out. This paragraph, paragraph W, literally tells you guys what the judge is supposed to do. It's literally telling you. And as this is happening, look at this. No filing fees shall be required of the minor at trial or upon appeal. Why do you think that's the case? Because if you, before you know the common law, if you, with an attorney, don't you always have to pay filing fees? Don't you have to pay court costs? Aren't you, don't you remember that it's always like, you have to pay court costs, you have to pay filing fees, you have to pay this. Why are there no filing fees? Because that's a bar, that's a prohibitive. That's a prohibition. A, a little kid or a child who wants to butcher a baby in the womb probably ain't going to have a lot of money to pay court costs. So the juvenile court, which is not a court of record, which is a statutory tribunal, which is uh, getting paid Social Security money for everybody involved, and you heard the original video when they said, oh, there's outside agencies that are able to help. Folks, this is a business. This is a business. This is a business entity conducting commercial actions under the banner of law. That's what's going on. This is treating, this is treating this court, this juvenile court, it's treating it as though it is an entity. Do you see how even though they call it a court, it's like an abortion clinic calling itself healthcare. There's nothing about justice. There's nothing about your rights. There's nothing judicial here. It's just a freaking commercial entity. That's all it is. These judges are not actually judges. They might be judges sworn to the Constitution, but whenever they are in this court, they are not acting as a judge in the judicial branch. They are acting as a private employee to an entity that is in commerce. That is why they can take a petition from a legally incompetent minor against the liberty of their parents. Because it, instead of giving constitutional due process and honoring the fact that children are a liberty interest of their parents, they created a statute where there is a such thing as consent to abortion and there's a such thing as a petition that's created underneath this statute that then can be used to trigger this statute because that's how they're regulating commerce. And until you actually argue rights, you're going to be inside of these commercial entities, including courts. Which is why whenever there's legislation that says an unborn child of greater than 15 weeks, that is more specific than the vague life of the mother. You see how this works versus this? But even this, people will then come back and say equal protection or whatever. But that's not the issue. The issue is that God formed you in the womb. The issue is God says don't murder. The issue is that babies have rights. The issue is that when the rights of the babies are being threatened, in the law they are considered born for their benefit. Which means that if someone cannot speak, it means if someone is legally incompetent, you cannot prosecute them. You can't take action against them. 
You can't go against a baby in the womb lawfully. Can't happen. And because the mother doesn't have the right to murder the baby, because of the Supreme Court said the Constitution does not confer the right to abortion, because it's an express trust where the rights that come from Jesus are reserved to the people, Jesus didn't give you the right to butcher a baby in the womb. It doesn't exist. But the way that they do it is they do legislature, create statutes, which creates fake courts, which also creates these hoax laws where petitions are able to be done, where they are now involving commercial entities. The doctors are involved because they're getting paid, and the law schools are involved because they're, they're doing stupid things called rules and doctrines. These things right here, none of this is law. None of that is law. Now this wisdom and a lot of the teachings that I've gone over are brought to my brought to you by way of my law coach Dave Jose, uh, my mentor in the law. And go sign up the kill shot notice. The link is in the description below. Because what we need to do is you need to understand we have to split the Red Sea, which is the attorneys, because there are. I'm just going to write an attorney everywhere that they are. Attorneys are in the legislature. Attorneys are in the executive. Attorneys are in the judicial. Attorneys are writing the statutes. Attorneys are representing the licensing boards. Attorneys are representing the abortion clinics. Attorneys are representing the doctors. Attorneys are representing these people. They're getting paid those social security money. Attorneys are consulting and giving advice on the, the uh, statutes. Attorneys are involved in facilitating these fake courts. Uh, attorneys are making sure that all that stuff is going down. Um, this the, the Attorneys are involved everywhere. And they're applying this, what law schools teach. What Dave has done with the kill shot notice, the link is in the description below, is that what we've done is we've said, hey, people create government. People create government, which is a trust, and you guys can't blend. Judges can't come up here. Legislators can't come down here. The executive can't be involved in other of these. We need to separate these guys. We want these guys to fight. We want the legislative to fight the executive. We want the executive to fight the judicial. We want the judicial to fight all of them. We want these guys to fight, which is exactly what the Supreme Court is doing. Excuse me. When the Supreme Court says um, this, right? The Constitution does not confer a right to abortion. Boom. Roe and Casey, which were, which were cases arising from commercial actions, are overruled. And the authority to regulate abortion, that's commerce, we're getting it back returned to the people and their elected representatives. They punted, but what did they do? They put it back on the people and their elected representatives. What did they do? Well, according to this picture, what the Supreme Court did with that decision was they kicked it back to these guys and they kicked it back to these guys. They said, we don't want none of that. So we're gonna kick it here, we're gonna kick it here. And as a result, these legislatures across the states had a bunch of trigger laws. And now, as you're seeing today with the Virginia Judicial Bypass, they're using a judicial bypass. So let's explain that. This ju uh, judicial juvenile court has someone called a judge. This judge is not a judge in the judicial branch. He uh, gets out of that role, walks himself over to the legislature, which is unlawful, by the way. He goes to this court, which is probably the same physical seat, but it's a different jurisdiction. It's a different authority. It's a different law. So now he's in a judicial court, and now he uses this petition that's underneath this statute. You understand how everything is in the legislature. This is cordoned off. Everything is self-contained in the legislature. 
They've isolated the legislature from the executive. They've isolated the legislature from the judicial. They've isolated the legislature from the people. They've isolated themselves. And because now that they've isolated themselves, when this child writes a petition, this child is bypassing the judicial branch because there is no constitutional due process. Because the parents aren't involved and the baby's being butchered. So they're bypassing the judicial branch, staying exclusively in the legislative branch, and now this court is doing something called a judicial bypass. So whenever there's a petition, all you need is a pregnant minor to write a piece of paper. And what the statute has done, what this statute has done, not this one, uh, this one, what this statute has done, Code of Virginia, Section 16.1-241, paragraph W, what this has done, it's written the entire process. And there's nothing that can stop it. And as long as they, as long as they go by that process right there, they spell out the entire thing. And look at this. Every other authorized person, if any, is either abusive or neglectful. You see that that language is judgmental? How does the legislature come off saying that uh, a, um, an authorized person, first of all, they're calling, an, they're calling a parent an authorized person. Doesn't that presume the authority to determine who has the authority? It's begging the question. But uh, either abusive or neglectful, those are judgmental terms. That goes against constitutional due process. How can you call someone, how can you presume someone's neglectful without giving them notice and first hearing? Do you understand how this calling uh, is either abusive or neglectful, has review, refused to accept responsibility as parent, legal guardian, custodian, or parent standing in local parentis. How can you do that? How can you say that these people have been neglectful or abusive whenever they haven't even been given notice that the child has a baby inside of her? I mean, you're, you're violating constitutional due process on such a fundamental level that it's evil and wrong. And so whenever a judge does this, he's literally bypassing because he's, he's only in this statutory realm. He's only in this commercial realm. He's completely bypassing court of record, constitutional due process, reserved rights, and he's not treating the baby uh, like a baby. It's freaking evil. Absolutely evil. Now with this, I will uh, finish with the gospel. Our world is full of uh, evil. It's full of sin. It's full of all sorts of bad stuff. Um, none of that matters if you do not believe the gospel. We have bad government. We have bad trustees. We have bad law. We've got deception. We've got all sorts of bad things going on. And millions, tens of millions of babies have been butchered using this right here. Using this right here, tens of millions of babies have been butchered. And that's evil. But folks, nothing, none, of, none of that compares to the fact that you are a sinner, I am a sinner, and if we do not have atonement for our sin, we are going to go to hell. The gospel is that Jesus, born of a virgin, lived the perfect sinless life, died on the cross whenever he was dead, uh, our sin, the sin that is being punished, died with him, and he physically rose from the grave. When you believe the gospel, you are trusting Jesus. You're hearing that Jesus died for your sins because your sins are going to lead to your physical death and you are spiritually dead and God will give wrath to that. He has to because he's a just God. And when God brings wrath against sin, it will be forever in torment in hell. 
I don't want that for you. I don't want it for me. I don't want it for anybody, which is why we believe Jesus, because none of us could accomplish God's law. We, 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 I don't measure up. None of us measure up. We all fall short. When Jesus took the cross, he was the only one qualified to fulfill the law, and he was the only one qualified to take all of God's wrath for that sin, and he did it. Him being put in the ground proves that he was physically dead. It proves that he bore the brunt and the pain and the, and the, the punishment of sin. When he physically rose from the grave, it proves that he has life over death. It proves that what he taught was true, which means when he claims that the kingdom has come, it means the kingdom has come. And now when you believe the gospel, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You are invited to believe the gospel. You are um, commanded, if you believe the gospel, you are commanded to obey the gospel, which means you will confess your sin. You will repent of your sin. You will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You will do what Jesus says because he is the king and you are now his. If you do not do what he says, can you really call yourself his? Friends, believe the gospel. I appreciate your time. Uh, I will direct you one more time to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Um, consider doing this. Uh, I just went an hour and 37 minutes um, talking about the fundamental law in a way that, I mean, you, sh you share that. Take a screenshot. There's your, there's your screenshot. You go share that with all sorts of people. Um, if you want to understand abortion, you want to understand how the law works, I'm tired of just the, it's murder. Well, yeah, it is murder. But because we have such a lawless, godless society, we don't, we don't know the fundamentals. One way to continue to allow me to continue to do what I do is to sign up at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren to get American manufacturing back on its feet, to get better products that aren't bought with large purchase orders that sit on a shelf for years that have a, a bunch of bad chemicals in them to make sure that they don't go bad. Go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. The money you're already spending, switch it over. Switch it over. And when you switch it over, you have direct product purchase of household goods delivered right to your door. It's one company. And so you won't recognize the brand. You won't recognize the brand names. And it will take a, you know, a month or two to be like, okay, this is for this and that's for that. But when you sign up, myself or someone who's with me will give you a call. And we'll be like, hey, here's how it works. And we are all in. We are all shoppers. We are all participating in this. Um, anyway, that's a great way to support the work that I do. God bless you. Thank you very much. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.